rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. Uh-oh, hold on. Hold on. I'm getting there. Hey, guys, this is Tara Devlin. Hello. We, we're back. Remember we said, let's do another show tomorrow? So, okay, we, you wanted it. Here we are. And I I need a show. Thank you for talking me into it. My name is Tara Devlin. We have a regular scheduled show every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m. Eastern at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels. And we are rebroadcast starting Sunday at 6 p.m. Eastern on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app. And we are on SoundCloud, iTunes, Stitcher, and FYI Nation, and where else? We're on a few. Oh, Verdant Square Radio. These are two independent liberal radio stations or podcast stations. And um, whatever. Keep coming back, really. This is Unapologetic Liberal Talk, and we are looking at the real liberal media. I know. I get it. We need help. So become a patron at patreon.com. So maybe one day we can get um, somebody in here to cut my hair. I don't know. I don't have to look so busted up, <laughs> like some busted up bitch. My name is Tara Devlin. I said that already. And the chat room is filling up. I like to see that. That's pretty cool. Um, What is this? Oh, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh-oh. What? Rice just beat AOC 46 to 13 for EOC for Energy and Commerce spot, Energy and Commerce Committee seats, meaning Nancy just stronghold votes to force AOC out. Well, this is what we're talking about and why we need the liberal media. This is the liberal media, and we have to get the word out. Nancy Pelosi and the Democrats, the corporate Dems that have presided over the, the greatest transfer of wealth to the top that I don't really think has ever existed in any other civilization. Did they, did, I mean, did they preside over it? Yeah, they enabled it. They were part of it. What irritates me is that Okay, here's here's my opinion on uh, the Democrats. You know, for those who are new to the show, we're I'm uh, I'm a registered Democrat. This is um, I I call the show unapologetic liberal talk. Many of the Democrats, they're not liberals. They're not even Democrats, in my opinion. My opinion, my definition of Democrat is an FDR Democrat when the Democratic Party was a winning party where we won four landslide elections and we would have won the fifth except FDR was dead. So uh, the, the likes of Nancy Pelosi have seen their day and it didn't work. They, we've tried it their way. And what, what way was that, this this triangulation? How, how do you, how do you pronounce it? I can't talk, you know that. And um, K- 
kicking down on your base. At the time when, before Bill Clinton was the, the, the really, um, the, I guess he was the first corporatist Democrat who, uh, remember the age of, the, the era of big government is over and he helped hobble his, the very base of the Democratic Party. The unions, he took away, he helped take away their, their greatest weapon against exploitation from the 1%, the ability to strike. And with that, without the bosses, the economic royalists saying, oh, okay, you don't like it, we're going to China. We're going to take our factory and we're going to move to a low-wage, wage-slave nation until you accept your new place as a worker in a low-wage, wage-slave nation. That, that's the goal here. They want to bring jobs back to the United States, but they're going to do it. And what they're trying to do it by reducing the standard of living of the American worker where you don't have any expectations that you're, uh, you have any obligations to the, uh, the businesses, let's say, they don't have any obligations to you. You are nothing but a, a, a number on a balance sheet, and you can be summarily dismissed if it means funneling more money to the shareholders or the CEOs and executives. And we see this again and again and again. Since Reagan, this country has been on a downward spiral. Uh, so obviously, necess- like, like it happens the same way and uh, other civilizations into this uh, downward spiral steps the, the autocrat. And we've been warned about this. So here we are, fascism breaking out. We have a choice. We're at the, we are at a crossroads, and we talked about it last night. I'm pretty concerned about the corporate wing of the Democratic Party doing it again. The same shit, the same bullshit that got us into this boat. Nancy Pelosi's claim to fame as Speaker of the House is that she can fundraise. She's a great fundraiser for the Democratic Party. Well, our goal as real Democrats, as real as as patriots, is to get money out of politics. So if you're good at the thing that is corrupting this country, has corrupted, not is corrupting, has corrupted this country, um, your day is gone. It's time. I thought Nancy Pelosi was going to retire. This is the other thing, as Speaker of the House. Isn't that what she said? She wanted to pass the baton. This was her last go-round go or whatever. She's friggin' 80 years old. I'm not trying to be ageist or whatever, but it's not even about her age. It is about her intransigence how she digs her heels in and continues to hold on to the old ideas that got us here. 
These ideas don't work. It's time for not just the new blood. It's time for a true Democratic Party revival. And which side are you on? We have to pick a side. Are you on the side of the billionaires or are you on the side of the American people, the working class, the many? Are you on, it's uh, whether you're, you know, uh, black, white, straight, gay, whatever. We know that Democrats are really good at virtue signaling. Uh, easy, the the easy uh, layup, so to speak. Now they they will definitely back transgender um, people being able to go into the bathroom of their choice. That's wonderful, but is that that's it? That's all we got. And it's also another way that the Republican Party, if you can believe it, believe it or not, the Republicans have positioned themselves. Of course, they've stolen the, the phrase, the patriot phrase. They're not patriots, but they position themselves as the champions of the goddamn people. Now, what people are we talking about? The idiots. They are. Uh, the that's what Twitter's whole scam centered around. He was gonna finally think of the forgotten man and woman. But while Nancy Pelosi, and this is how the Republicans frame it, while the Democrats worried about, um, you know, who who can go to what bathroom, and they they also fearmonger around that because it's it's easy you know they exploit ignorance and that's how they position the democratic party they're they're only about the gays and, and the blacks you know it is really it's it's bigotry in all its truest forms but the democratic party the dems give them that opportunity by turning their backs on the on the American worker. We don't need, we've had enough billionaires. You understand? They have, they've corrupted this country to the point that we have a fascist squatting in the White House despite receiving fewer votes right now, who, uh, um, with his fascist party, are participating right out in the open with a coup against democracy. The Democrats have allowed this to happen by trying to be the party of Wall Street and Main Street, which you can. Which side are you on? Somebody's got to bring Wall Street to heel because how many times do we have to go through this cycle? This is not a normal thing. It's not that the turn of the wheel, the cycle turns, and then we have ups and downs and booms and busts. It's because of policy that creates this. Policy created this, the first Republican Great Depression. It created the second Republican Great Depression. Oh, well, near, well, they call it the Great Recession. That was all policy. How the all of the policies that were put in after the first Republican Great Depression, so another one wouldn't break out, 
as they started whittling away at those policies, of course we're going to end up with another shit show, and that's what happened. So it doesn't happen overnight, which is why it's so insidious. And it's about time the um, American people hear the real story about of how we get this country back. And that's what we talk about here. Of course, Nancy Pelosi is going after AOC. She clearly, I guess, doesn't get it. She clearly doesn't get it. I'm talking about Nancy Pelosi. She's somebody that in the middle of this shit show lockdown where the American people are on bread lines, did that gag with uh, James Corden, whatever his name is. He's annoying too. But um, in front of her refrigerator with with stocked with $15 a pint ice cream. It's cluelessness. Optics. They, they're not too good at. So that's why we do the show. Me, you. And I'm talking about us. Because I can't do this alone. And um, who the hell would want to? And we have to get the word out. So, of course, AOC. Actually, I called AOC's um, office today. Remember yesterday, if you were watching the show yesterday, we were talking about, I was saying, as I say, and this is what we we will say, and we will spread the the solution how how do we fix this thing it's getting money out of politics of course money in politics is the root of all evil but we have to position our um it's agenda i mean i'm trying to find the right words it's it's not um it's patriotism we're trying to fix democracy to have a country that works for all we can't have concentrated wealth in the hands of a few. This is These are two different systems of government. You want to have an oligarchy or a uh, plutocracy or kleptocracy? Good. That's great. Go to Russia. Move. Get the hell out. But that's not what this is. This is supposed to be a constitutionally limited democratic republic that promotes the general welfare over the welfare of the corporate elite, of the 1%. So, of course, you know, um, this is what, why we need, you know, patrons and supporters to spread the word, because otherwise we're done. So w- will there be any, any uh, consequence for Nancy Pelosi, for, what, for, her, um, for her antics? She doesn't seem to understand that, well, I mean, AOC, in, it's not a progressive agenda. It is a patriotic agenda. And this is what I, when I spoke to, I mean, I called AOC's office. She's my congresswoman. And I was surprised that somebody actually picked up. And this poor kid, I'm sure, didn't know what the hell I was talking about. I don't know, maybe. Did she write it down? I hope so. And I said, please get this to AOC not that, you know what I mean? I feel like, whatever, if, if she listens or not, it, but it's about framing this message. 
you have to frame progressivism as patriotism because that's what it is, unapologetically. It's about leaving no one behind. Get, how much more? How much more do they want at the top? All you have to say is 80% of the American people are living check to check, and that's a broken system. Everybody understands that. You get that viscerally, and then you see your fellow Americans on the bread lines. All of these uh, actual um, things going on in this country are a sign of our decline. They're a sign of the fact that we don't have a country that works for the 99%. It works for the 1%. And that was by design. That's, That's all policy. Unless they want to tell us that... All of the sudden, after the great prosperity, we just woke up one day, the American worker, and said, oh, fuck it, we suck. We're, we are, our productivity is through the roof. Corporate profits are through the roof. But we just can't quite make it. You see what happened in Reagan. They did this deliberately, too. This was all policy. Before Reagan, putting aside the fact that women couldn't get credit cards on their own, but it was very difficult to get a credit card. You really had to prove your, your credit worthiness. They weren't as um, prolific as they are now. And is that the right word? Prolific? Ubiquitous? I don't know. And so what happened when Reagan, when they started to... Uh, attack the standard of living of the American worker, they, the banks, then the banksters and the, the Fed, I mean, it's all connected. They knew what they were doing. They were, they were funneling money to the top. And they laid it right out with this bullshit of trickle-down economics. They gave it a name. The, and they added, the, they called it, well, they didn't call it, they talked about trickle-down, but they call it supply-side economics because from the history of Earth, from the time the the human species crawled out of the ooze, there's something called, uh, it's demand, you know, supply and demand. Everyone, every um, economist, um, every school ch- child... In Econ 101, knew the basic rules of a functioning economy. Supply-side economics. This is why George W., I mean, not W., George Bush, you know, Daddy Bush, called it voodoo economics. You're pulling something out of your ass and making it, you're giving it a, a name as if it has legitimacy. As if it has legitimacy with with reality and but this is what they do there is no supply side economics it has always been voodoo economics i don't care how many friggin' widgets you make if there's nobody there to buy them it's it's futile you're done demand makes an economy move So that's why you want to put money into the hands of people who will spend it. And it's also, it's why we have the math. We have the goddamn math. 
every dollar in public assistance returns $1.60 of economic stimulus. So when somebody needs public assistance, that's why it's, I can't stand these filthy Republicans. They would much rather funnel that money into the pockets of the rich, you see, because ultimately they're not trying to have a functioning democracy. They're trying to make the rich so rich and so powerful that the government can do nothing about it. Anybody who has a chance, who has the notion to do something about it will not have the means to do anything about it. And where and here we are again, back in the grips of the system that Western civilization was under for thousands of years. This is the what they're doing. It's it's not that uh, you don't really have to be, I don't know, a political scientist or, or even a historian to figure it out. It's about greed. It's always been about greed. Racism is one of the tools in their toolbox. Also, you know, you got the human condition. You can never... Uh, go wrong if you bet against humans doing the right thing, that's for sure. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, she's in her job for how long? She's got this job. She likes the spotlight. She's, what has she done? She has presided over the decline of the Democratic Party. We've lost seats She's a, a favorite whipping post of the right. That's not her fault, of course. But, you know, um, it's about, she needs to, she needs to, whatever. I mean, she's not listening to me, but maybe she needs to get a grip. Her day is done. They brought us here. They gave us Twitler. They made, they, they basically set, they, they planted the seeds for this moment. We've been saying this for years. I, I, for years, I've been saying this. Anybody who knew anything about history and whatever, politics, and had eyes. I remember talking to Mike Malloy about this years ago, during the Bush years, saying, we're going to end up with an outright fascist and here we are. And we would talk about how the Republican Party is not, has no interest in democracy. They don't have an interest in elections. They're not about America. They're not patriots in, the, in any sense of the word. So if, um, if Nancy Pelosi is doing this, she, let me see, hold on, I'm looking this up. I'm sure you're correct, but, and putting, trying to put the progressives in their place. This is what annoys me too, and why I encourage everybody to support the liberal media, to get to, to, get to the point where no, no one's turning to MSNBC or CNN much less Fox News, to, to get any kind of political insight. 
you know, they have to be the ones asking for patrons. That's we really have to get to that point. But because they're also in on the game. They want that these are the same corporations that are run by the same billionaires and the rich that all seem to be doing very well regardless of what happens to the one I mean to the 99%. We can have another Republican Great Depression. We, they're doing great. Now we're in a pandemic. They're doing great. Wall Street's through the roofs. Uh, the millionaires are making buku bucks. Everybody's doing great at the top. So when um, I remember during the Obama years, Obama always talking this bullshit about Wall Street and Main Street rising and falling together, that's another form of gaslighting us. No, Wall Street and Main Street don't rise and fall together, as you can see. I don't see Wall Street on the bread lines. I see Main Street. I see millions of our fellow Americans, one in six, who are now food insecure. That is a disgrace. That's an outrage. Every single human being who lives in this country should should be appalled by that. And that's a sign of how broken the system is, that it is run and it's rigged for the rich. And all we ask for, it's not progressivism, it's patriotism. We're demanding that we get, um, uh, we balance the scales a little bit. Otherwise, we're done. This whole thing is done. Nothing less than the um, survival of the American experiment depends on whether we're successful or not. Because Nancy Pelosi's way got us here. Their way got us here. And these Dems, as we've, we've warned, these corporate Dems, as soon as they get Joe Biden in there, great. We stop the bleeding. We're getting rid of the fascist. Obviously, he's not going quietly. That's a whole other story that should keep us uh, alarmed. Especially when you have... The opposition party, what is the, what's the opposition party doing to stop this? They're still playing by the same old stale playbook that got us here, that made Twitler possible. So Nancy Pelosi, um, what did she say about the Green New Deal? She's, she needs to, she needs to really take a nap or something. She she said something that oh I don't what is the green uh, the green dream or whatever they call it unreal yeah that's what she said in tw- in February Nancy this is from Vanity Fair Nancy Pelosi isn't rushing to endorse AOC's green dream or whatever they call it the green dream yeah we have a dream of living on a uh, an inhabitable planet. That's our dream. We have a dream of passing down a sustainable planet to our uh, to our heirs. We have a dream 
of getting away from uh, the stranglehold of archaic of 18th, 19th century energy systems that have effed this country and the planet. And we'll keep doing it until we're all dead. So, yeah, that's our green dream. They don't see um, if she, what's the dream? We're talking about jobs. You know, get the hell out of the coal mine and get a job breathing some fresh air. That's what we're talking about. This is all uh, a solution. It's not a it's not a problem. The green dream, putting people to work like the CCC, the WPA, things that the Democratic Party did in the past that made the Democratic Party a winning a winning party and the American people, it built the middle class. The middle class, which we don't have anymore, of course, because, you know, during the how many, how many years has Nancy Pelosi been in office? 40 years? She's presided over the decline and fall of the American worker. Let's see. How many years? How many years must we endure? Oh, well, she's 80 years old. I know. How many, how long has she been in politics? It says 80 years still. <laughs> uh, wait, hold on a second. you love it that's the kind of show we have we just walk away from the camera look at this hair i'm looking like uh slee stacks over here looking like chaka from land of the lost man oh man <laughs> i gotta get a haircut i'm telling you it's not good all right. Are we back? How's it going? Thank you, Jim, for your super chat. Oh, my God. Yes, how many years? <laughs> Darth says 140. Jim says 300 million. That's true. I'm not sure who's right. Let's see. She, what does it say on the Wikipedia page? She was born in 1940. She has been in office when? Well, who cares? Whatever. It's a long time. A long time ago. The green dream or whatever you call it. She should be ashamed. And this is what we have to do with our platform. Why? Otherwise, I, 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 I hammer it home. Because not only do we need, you know, to get the word out, it's... I w I'm trying to stress that maybe you know, maybe you don't. You know, according to Democrats in the House, when they had their their call after the election and they w went at each other about don't say the word socialism or whatever, 
And one of these Dems stupidly said, we will beat them on the substance. And I can't stress enough, no, we won't. We won't beat them on the substance. Haven't, haven't they been paying attention? Yeah, we look at all the things that the Democratic Party has done. Um, social, socialist security, unemployment insurance. I mean, we can go on. Uh, Eight-hour work. Well, is it the Democratic? It was progressives. Um, I am everything that makes the American working class that gives the American working class some decency, dignity, and humanity came from progressives and came from the Democratic Party on the, not the Republicans. Oh, well, they, the Republicans signed, well, uh, the first Republican president signed the Emancipation Proclamation after exhausting every other option, including trying to make um, African-Americans move and um, trying to give the South uh, their their human property until the year 1900. So whatever. He signed... So, but that was when the Republican Party was a progressive party. So you, whatever. We're, we're talking about now. Everything that is decent has come from progressives, normal people, liberals, people with hearts, the ones that the right wingers like to condemn for having hearts because they think it's strong somehow to want to, I don't know, drink our tears and not give a shit about anybody else but themselves when it is in actuality the weakest form of human life. It's the poorest excuse for humanity, and it's also the weakest. They're weak. They're the opposite of everything they claim to be. They're not patriots. They're not. They're not uh, strong. They're not courageous. They're not smart. Uh, it's it's beyond. So it's time to. Could it's really well past time to call them out on it. But it's also our responsibility on our on this platform to get the word out, to push these efforts. That's how we push the Democratic Party. You don't just say, oh, well, good job, Nancy Pelosi. Clearly, she's got a bug up her ass about AOC, but is that really her, the bug up her own ass, or is it that she's, um, you know, she, she, her, the people that she fundraises from, they don't like it. They don't like her because she doesn't take corporate money. And she's a thorn in their side. You know, the squad, they're always trying to push the corporate Dems. And they don't seem to, uh, don't you love how um, the Republicans, they play the same game with the Democrats. They position themselves or they try to say, oh, well, we're serious. As if you're only serious if you're willing to slice your fellow Americans' throats. No, we're damn serious. There's nothing more serious than going up against the big-moneyed interests that have their boot on our necks. 
And make no mistake, they do. FDR told us all about them. If Nancy Pelosi, you know, needs to maybe read some FDR history or start channeling him, or otherwise she needs to have a real look at herself. Is it really, is that the future? How much more are we going to take? Is it the future to continue to suck on billionaire teeth in a, in a government? Is that a functioning government when you have to fundraise? Where the b- bulk of your day is spent fundraising, not doing the work of the people. Is that a functioning government and... If your claim to fame is you're able to fundraise, maybe it's time to look in the mirror and say, you know what, let me rest a while and eat some of this expensive ice cream in my freezer and take a chill pill and let the, let somebody else, somebody who wants to restore not just the Democratic Party, but the American working class to its post-New Deal economic vibrancy, which will protect the country from another fascist. Because a fascist can't rise in a country that is functioning. It's only the the symptom of the dysfunction. That's why we have a Twitler. Hold on. It's just hot in this goddamn apartment. So... Am I wrong? Let me see. What's going on in the chat? Hold on. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Oh, my God. Go away. Boom. Boom. I'm just blocking everybody. Be on. Block, block, block. A lot of Trump and Z's. Okay. Centrism is the sequel. Wait, wait. I lost that. A return to brunch. (laughs) Centrism, the sequel, right? Good one, Jim. Yes. Thank you, guys. All right. So we a lot of things are going on. Here's a well, I don't know. I I have yesterday when we were doing the show, we were there's something that's really annoying me. And let me play it. Speaking of everything that sucks, people are going to be mad cuz I'm going to go after another democrat. I I don't care. We have to. Somebody yesterday we were talking about Pete Buttigieg and he's another one but um I don't know if <laughs> Amy Klobuchar gets on my nerves too she's another she's another one she's part of the problem in my opinion this aw shucks middle of the road yeah bipartisan let's be bipartisan with with the fascists let's be the let's be bipartisan with the the right wing with the party who right now is lying 
about the election. They're out there saying that the election was stolen. The, the, their big names in the party, in their f- filthy fascist party, Rand Paul. And this scam hearing that they had yesterday about election irregularities. There were no election irregularities. They're up there on the dais saying how dead people voted, illegals voted, people voted twice. Bullshit. That's not what happened. And they know it. And then Rand Paul comes out and says the election was stolen. He actually said that. So you're going to be bipartisan with that? He falsely claimed that the election was stolen. Here's from uh, the Courier Journal by Morgan Watkins. Senator Rand Paul falsely claims the presidential election was stolen. He continues to claim, without proof, voter fraud played a role in the president in the election of Joe Biden. It is absolutely, filthily, demonstrably not true. And they know it. They absolutely know it. They get the... They get the briefings. Meanwhile, Russia has its tentacles all up our ass in our uh, in 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 our government in the computers that run our government. But Twitter says nothing. Rand Paul says nothing. There's no hearing about that. This has been going on for months and months. You know how much Putin is laughing. Twitter says nothing because he wants a hotel in Moscow. He wants Rand, I mean Rand Paul, he wants Putin to be his best friend. This little, this little weak waste of human DNA. That's what he is. You're weak. You're desperate. It's like nobody wants a girlfriend like that who's like, please, please, please be my best friend. Be my, please, 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 won't you love me? Uh, nobody likes that. You're, it's, it's weak and desperate. No wonder. They all know, I mean, Twitter is so easily unpacked. Except, I don't know, how do millions of people vote for him? This is what's so disturbing. And why you don't allow the the fascist an inch you don't give them not even an inch not even a half an inch because they will take it all when i, I all the time i when i speak to bob kincaid this is we talk about how much more do they want and the answer ine- inevitably is they want it all How much longer will we take it? I always ask, but how much do they want? How much more do they want in the 1%, in the clutches of the 1%? The answer is they want it all. So you don't give them an inch. That's why they buy politicians. That's why big corporations spend a lot of money hiring lobbyists and funneling money into the pockets of politicians. And what kind of sick-ass system is that? 
funneling money into people and then you're going to say that you're not bought, you're not, you get offended. Remember how they said, oh, it was during the presidential election and, um, or the campaign when everybody was feeling a little bit insecure because Bernie wasn't taking any corporate money and they said something, oh, it was Joe Biden who said how, um, President, oh, you're trying to say that President Obama was compromised by the Wall Street money? As if President Obama, no, oh, he couldn't be compromised. We all took money. Oh, yes, it was Buttigieg, too, who said that, because he wants to be Obama. So he, you're trying to insinuate by just your, just your saying that. You're, you're insinuating that President Obama was somehow compromised by money. Of course he was. That's why they took the one thing that could actually fix our broken health insurance racket off the table. The public option or Medicare for all. They took that off the table because they can't actually fix health care and keep a for-profit parasite continually sucking profit from our miseries. <sighs> but, yeah, of course, uh, that's human nature. Does anybody deny that? When somebody gives you a lot of money, if somebody's paying you, you act differently. You're not going to try. You don't want to offend them because you don't want the gravy train to stop. You tell me that I'm wrong, please. It's no, we all know I'm not. If you're a politician, uh, nothing, it doesn't influence me. Bullshit. Of course it influences you. Why? That's why you pick up the phone when they call. There was, oh my God. It never stops. They, but they also have to, they count on us being completely ignorant and trying to, uh, I guess we fall for it. Oh my God. Who is this idiot? Uh, Almerta, why don't you fuck off, whoever you are? We can't afford to assure your big families. Hush your mouth. Stick with the Latino. What are you talking about? Why not? This is, your, this is um, normal people are talking. I'm sorry. You're, this is way, way over your head. Oh, my God. Hush your mouth. I don't know what you're talking about. The Spanish know everything but how to be independent. Oh, are you a racist? I guess so. Probably. Well, I mean, I don't have to guess. You opened your mouth and now removed all doubt. Why is it that they're always so, they're so transparent? Racist. It always comes down to that. They, have, they lack the ability to function in a free democratic society. That's it. I say it all the time because it's true. They, don't, they have no ability 
to function. They are devolved. See, in order to have a functioning society, a free democratic society uh, of diverse people, that's what we are. This is a nation of immigrants, whether you like it or not. That's what we are. Another reason why they're cuckoo, because they can't stand it. They love waving their flags, but they don't get what it means to be an American. Ultimately, they hate America. And they're confused by America. And that's why they're racist. Oh, I am black and get disgusted with. Well, if you're black, first of all, I have I don't know your face, so it doesn't matter. As I continue to say, thank you for proving me right again, in order to be a black Republican or a person of color Republican or a female Republican, you have to be a bigger misogynist, racist, self-loathing, sycophant than the regular right-wing Republican, average Joe male, white male. Blacks can't be right. Oh, now I know you're an idiot. Get off my page, moron. Please. God, these people. Oh, well, anyway. All right, where are we? Where is I? Oh, yes, I was going to play something that was annoying me yesterday. I guess we can just have a little fun with it, too. Where is it? Oh, here's what they're doing while, first, well, you want to get infuriated? I guess it's all about context. I'm sure this means something to somebody. But while the American people are on the bread lines, while every 30 seconds an American dies of COVID thanks to right-wing ineptitude, lies, indifference, racism, you know, that's their triple threat. Here's Amy Klobuchar. <laughs> the other day, what day was this? I don't know, it was a couple of days ago. It's not, it's this week. Making a, taking to the floor of the Senate to, to pay homage to the to some departing senators on both sides of the aisle, of course, because that's who she is. Here. Yesterday, Minnesota Senator Amy Klobuchar paid tribute to all departing members of the U.S. Senate, including those retiring and those who lost re-election. Here are her remarks. Ah, uh, wait a minute. I lost the page. So, my departing colleague. Wait a minute, wait a minute. I got to find it. Where is this? Hold on, guys. Hold on. That's why I ask you to become a patron so we can get some help. Here we go. Every single one of them, and I'll start with my good friend, Senator Doug Jones. Uh, throughout the years, I've gotten to know Doug as so many of us have as a colleague, but more importantly, as a friend. All right, let me just fast forward. Who cares? National leader on these issues and so many more. I got to serve with Senator Yudal on the Commerce Committee, uh, where during the pandemic we worked together to bridge the digital divide and expand broadband. 
especially for our tribal communities, where, as we all know, uh, he served as a ranking member of the top Democrat um, on the Indian Affairs Committee. I also was proud to serve with Senator Udall on the Rules Committee. Um, we worked on Native American voting rights together, but he was the lead. He was the lead on so uh, many bills uh, that would make our democracy better. And I hope that one what of his democracy? is when he's gone, uh, we will be able to finally put these laws into operation and get them done. One of his great pieces of legislation was a constitutional amendment to overturn Citizens United. Um, and one day we will get this done. So oh, wow. I can't wait. I hope I'm streaming not a corpse by then. Uh, the fact that you have hidden money streaming into our politics and his amendment. Hidden money? So much of this. Well, he was also co-founder of the Congressional It's just when it's hidden, it's caucus, dark money, reducing uh, dark money. On this country uh, with his work to protect public okay. lands and This goes on. Okay, we're not going to listen to the whole thing. It goes on for 20 minutes. I will miss Senator Roberts' humor uh, and I will miss <laughs> uh, his good work and look forward to continuing to work uh, with Senator Stabenow and Senator Bozeman um, as leaders of the Agriculture Committee. Next, Senator Alexander. Senator Alexander has served the people of Tennessee for more combined years as governor and senator than anyone else from their state. So with both Senator Roberts He's talking about, Senator she's talking about Lamar uh, Alexander. We uh, will be missing people that bring to this place. Missing a him. sense of commitment and long service to our government. Senator Alexander service? served our country as he worked to find consensus on the issues that matter most, like education, health care, mental health and addiction. I saw him work day by day with Senator Patty Murray, and they were able to pass so many bills to show this uh, chamber that in fact you can get little things done, yes, but you can also get big things done, uh, including the changes that they made that were long needed to- <laughs> I don't know, it's almost hypnotic. Uh, the changes <laughs> and the work that they've done uh, when it comes to health care. What, did, what, As what, what have you done? Millions have lost uh, health care in the pandemic. He said, uh, Lamar said, it's hard to get here in the United States Senate. It's hard to stay here. And while you're here, you might as well try to accomplish something good for the country. Oh, like wow. Many How quips, profound. Uh, and I read his book, his red plaid book of advice uh, and his many. Um, Can you believe this? He has shared with me for advice, including on. It's a big club. Uh, both may not have worked out for either of us, um, but. Hardy, hardy, hard. Love that he brought um, to the people of this country and the people of his state. <laughs> Wait a minute! I lost it president of the University of Tennessee and as chairman of the Health, Education, Labor, and Pensions Committee, Senator Alexander, we know, has worked tirelessly to ensure every child can succeed. In addition to the work I just mentioned that he did with the Every Student Succeeds Act and the work he this did... Is, he's go, she's going on about Lamar Alexander. Education Act. Uh, he's also led legislation uh, to help people in their youngest years as well as our seniors year. I appreciated especially the work that he did on Alzheimer's and making sure that we continue to invest in our science <laughs> and education. 
One little fact you may not know in all the tributes that have come out about Senator Alexander when I was here for his speech was that every summer for 25 years, he and his wife and four children have gone to the Boundary Waters to canoe and fish. The Boundary Waters in northern Well, Minnesota, isn't that wonderful? Close, uh, to uh, where uh, my dad grew up. Millions of Americans don't know a damn day off. They haven't had a vacation, I don't know, in years vacation they can't get a day off they gotta go do their DoorDash and uber i'm so pleased that senator lamar alexander can take his kids and his wife to your state and enjoy a lovely fishing outing while you um you know yuck it up in the senate and get things done what are you getting done She's, these people have been in there so long. I guess they, they think they are getting something done. I don't know. What are you getting done when there are millions on a goddamn bread line? You're going to praise Senator Lamar Alexander, somebody, another, another Republican in Twitler's pocket Someone who's part of the the decline of the American Republic. Oh, my God. Let's see. Impeach. Somebody wrote. Here's some good things. Senator, let's take student loan payments from your paychecks. That's, that's Senator Lamar. Because, you know, there were too many people defaulting on their student loans that Republicans ensured that you can't declare bankruptcy on student loans. You know that. You can declare bankruptcy. Twitler can declare bankruptcy six times and pay zero taxes and get millions of dollars back in subsidies. Jeff Bezos pays Amazon zero taxes. The most profitable corporations paying zero taxes. But you can't declare bankruptcy on your student loan. And Senator Lamar wanted to make sure that the, the racket, the banksters, even if for, it, it, it harms this country, we have created a... a entire generation of indentured servants to the banks, one of Lamar's great accomplishments was ensuring that, well, I don't know if it passed. Let's see, under the new proposal, it was a proposal. I wonder if it passed. He wanted to ensure that the banksters could simply garnish your paycheck for your student loan. That's who you are. That's who the American people are. Nothing but hosts from which to suck profit and discard. That's it. We're not in this together. E pluribus unum? Uh-uh. Out of many, one? No, 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 no. It's all, all of the many for the one percent. Right, the town that's the gateway uh, to the Boundary Waters in Ely, Minnesota. Uh, something that way back when Senator Alexander uh, was going there for the first few years, my dad was writing about for the newspaper in an effort to make sure we kept the Boundary Waters uh, protected. 
I certainly hope that Senator Alexander continues to spend time there and enjoy our lands and uh, it help the work that he has done, which he has oh, seen great. on the Great American Outdoors Act and see it uh, firsthand. We know that his red and black flannel shirt <laughs> Uh, will be welcome in Minnesota. It's really to see everywhere. In Wonderful. Throughout our state. Uh, you can all have a buddy vacation. Uh, next, my friend, Senator Enzi. True. It goes on and on. Senator Lamar, let's see, he leaves office under a cloud of enabling Trump's excesses. This is who um, one of the candidates for the Democratic Party, one of the the, the uh, potential nominees for the presidency, Amy Klobuchar, Miss Bipartisan. She's, I guess, when you're hanging out with your palling around with terrorists, maybe you don't see. Or does it matter? Is that what it means? When you're in the Senate? How is it working out for the rest of the country? Amy Klobuchar's being, uh, her, her, her being so, um, so kind to the traitors. So, um, according to the Tennessean, Lamar Alexander's decision to support Donald Trump at almost every turn has tarnished his legacy. Here's a, an open letter. To Lamar Alexander, I write this with a heavy heart. I am a Tennessean of many generations. I care about respectful, thoughtful politics. While I am a lifelong Democrat, I have previously supported and voted for you, Senator Alexander. We share Vanderbilt as our alma mater. I followed you there in the early 60s, not long after you helped move the university forward towards an integrated student body. For that, you still deserve admiration and respect. You distinguished yourself in public service as a serious, intelligent governor and senator who sought to find middle ground between zealots, zealot advocates. Occasionally, you succeeded establishing, ugh, establishing a well-deserved reputation for leadership based on what is best for the country and Tennesseans. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, however, for the past four years, you've become little more than an enabler of a president who clearly holds none of your values that you're long honored, that were, that were long honored over your career. And for that, you leave office as an empty shell of your earlier political self. Well, I was looking for a little more meat on those bones, but... There you go. Oh, he's, here's another thing. Here's something that Alexander said. He's, of course, you're not surprised when you hear this. Many people say that sexual assault could be the worst sort of experience a person could have. But the second worst is to be unfairly accused of sexual assault. Because, you know, women... That's it. Women. They just lie. You know, like Christine Blasey Ford and... Eh. 
all the others. Just, they took their chance. Trying to make a name for themselves. You know how that always works out. Trying to get rich by proclaiming yourself a victim of sexual assault. Collegiality and camaraderie has sometimes <laughs> been hard to come by in Washington. These past Shut years. up! And that is why when I think about someone who never lets the temperature rise, who's always Can you believe this? find that common ground, who, as I heard him say, and I've heard him say many times uh, before his uh, closing speech here, is that, in his words, I always believe we could agree on 80% of the issues and on 80% of each issue, and that if we focus on the 80%, we can do great things for the American people. Well, you've already effed up the American people. Uh, with Ted Kennedy and their genuine friendship uh, and I remember Holy said that shit. many times to me as we worked on bills together. Uh, one of the first bills that oh, I wait, what am I doing? I didn't mean to do that. Here was with Center Entry, and it was about our paramedics and using the experience that they'd gained serving in the Iraq and Afghanistan conflicts, making sure that when they came home, uh, that they could use that experience immediately and put it to work on being paramedics in our own country because we had a shortage. Uh, we still do, and we wanted to respect that experience. So many of them in small towns uh, where they would have to travel then to get the final degree that they needed uh, to be This able is a to whole other issue with paramedic. paramedics and who get paid nothing. Sure that that experience they have That's why there's such a high rate of turnover, and it's really and not a good idea. Get those degrees you want I was also people who know what they're doing when they arrive the at your emergency. Forge a new path. He was always willing uh, to work with Can you me believe on that. this? one of the co-sponsors of my bill to lift the embargo, uh, something that I hope will eventually get done in his honor as he understood that the way we get to democratic change in Cuba was by enhancing our relationship and that the Cuban people uh, did not uh, um, necessarily share uh, the same views and many of them are right. not of their government and that so many she, it goes on and on i don't know she's it was very important for it's us, tedious uh, it's like a rake on a chalkboard to me listening to this go through the list of all her republican friends and how much she's gonna miss them after they fucked up the entire country you know i worked with them and just like my daddy worked with someone in uh, Senator Ansley's somebody. So, uh, she always has some kind of relationships uh, with her, uh, some kind of ho down homey personal anecdote. Per I'm sorry, personal anecdotes are not going to fix what's broken. And in fact, don't doesn't it look like the leadership of the Democratic Party really doesn't know what the F or doesn't care? I, what is, which is it? Do they know? I, I, I really struggle with um, Amy Klobuchar. Does she know what's, what's broken here? I guess not. I suppose she thinks that if we're all just nice and kind, you just be so nice. Be nice to the fascists while they're slitting your throat, while they're blocking COVID relief. Get up there and say, 
I'm going to miss you. In fact, what she should be saying is, don't let the door hit you in the ass on the way out. The, we have one, uh, uh, one in six Americans food insecure. Thousands of, hundreds of thousands of small businesses are closing. This country is a disgrace. It's the only people doing well are the 1%. Nobody needs to be flattered. This isn't a time for flattery, Amy Klobuchar. I hope we can work together. And, you know, he said that one time that it takes a hard time to get here, so you might as well try to do something once in a while. Holy moly. It must be, it's fun there, I guess, in the Senate. You get on TV. People pretend to care what you're talking about. You get on Morning Joe and they, they're, they're tickled. They're absolutely tickled by your antics and your, your pining for bipartisanship like a battered spouse pining for an abuser. I was watching C-SPAN, and this is what came up, so I, was, I couldn't believe what I was hearing, really. I'm infuriated by this. Oh, it's nothing. It's just, uh, it's kind, human, whatever. Uh, good for you, being so bipartisan. How is that working out for the people on the bread lines and the small businesses and the the restaurants that are going to close because they've been given no relief and all the businesses, the small businesses that are struggling. And then the Mitch McConnell's of the world blocking relief for the States. Now wait until that bomb explodes when the States get no relief and then they start laying people off, but that's the way they like it. That's the way the Republicans like it. They like you nice and desperate. So, um, Amy Klobuchar, it's your nicety, your nice act isn't working. Is that what's the maybe what what what, what ooh, I can't talk? What went wrong in uh, Nazi Germany? They weren't nice enough to the fascists. If only the Democratic the other parties, the opposition parties in the uh, Weimar Republic were a little bit nicer. I'm, I'm really tired of this shit. This is the problem. You, you're there to do a job, Amy Klobuchar, not to lick each other's taints and pine for bipartisanship. Nobody cares. People are starving in this country. People don't have health care. And your little bipartisan incrementalism is what is killing us. We have 80%, it's probably more now, living check to check in this country. You're up there telling Lamar Alexander, I can't wait to see your black and white whatever shirt 
come and fish and go. Who cares? People would love to have a nice vacation at a fishing lodge. Wouldn't they? If they knew what a vacation was, I can't get out of the tri-state area myself before the pandemic. That's why this country is effed. In other countries, they have vacation. 30 days in England, pat. Because they understand that what is the meaning of life? It's not just to be um, a pawn for the 1% in in Wall Street banksters who run your campaigns. I mean, really. How about you try a different tact? Get up there. Why didn't you push your friend Lamar Alexander to push Mitch McConnell to bring some relief to the Senate floor? To bring the, uh, the, the bills that were being passed out of the House to help the American people, except you didn't. How does that person deserve your respect? Someone who's part of a, 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 a cult, a death cult, a true death cult that has killed three over 300,000 Americans and dying every 30 seconds an American dies from the coronavirus. And there's no relief in sight. Every day when I'm watching the local news here in New York, it's all about how businesses are going out of business, small businesses are struggling, restaurants are going out of business, everything that makes New York great you know, all the diversity of food and, and the small businesses, they're, all, they're hanging by a thread and or going out of business already. So next stop, what will happen, you know what's going to happen, is all of the big rapacious corporatists, all of the big you know, mega corporations are going to swoop in and buy everything up at buku low, low prices at bargain basement prices and we'll have the that'll be the end of what actually makes New York a, a great city there'll be a, a Dwayne Reed I mean there already is a Dwayne Reed on every corner there's no more small pharmacies or small whatever everything's going to be a big giant chain ch- ch- uh, mega chain so what is this what has that done with your friend Alex Lamar Alexander obviously you were too busy covering your own asses and so was Lamar Alexander too busy not he couldn't push Mitch McConnell Moscow Mitch to bring anything to the floor except judges why didn't you use your time up there to call on your good friends, Inslee and Alexander, to do something other than take a page out of the Nazi playbook by, by corrupting the courts, and that's what they're doing. Why don't you get up there and use your time and uh, make some news by saying um, corrupting the courts is is a step along every authoritarian takeover. 
So we should be alarmed. It's happening here. Mitch McConnell is, is the only thing he's doing in the middle of this pandemic where one in six Americans are going hungry, where 300,000 are dead and counting, and another American dies every 30 seconds. Mitch McConnell's doing nothing but bringing judges to the floor. Not, and not relief, but why are you up there? kissing the ass of the party that is doing this to the American people. I guess because you're doing it too. I mean, this is what what is called enabling. It is, it's a joke. Oh, isn't it great? We can all get along. It's so nice how she's so um, bipartisan. How's that working out for the country? How is it working? Is it is this tactic work? Is it a tactic or is it just you're you're just incapable of seeing the truth staring you right in the face? Because you're in the picture, honey. You're not. You don't have perspective. You're standing right up against the picture with your nose on the glass. You're looking in it. You don't see the whole thing. Maybe. I don't know. All you see is, you know, your pal. Hi, Lamar. You going to be at the gym later? You going to be at the sauna? Oh, yeah. I'm going, I'm heading over to, I have a little sniffle. So I'm going to um, check with the Senate doctor. Make sure everything's kosher here. <laughs> oh, just like my daddy always told me. And, um... One time I met Mrs. Uh, Tilla Williker at the Piggly Wiggly, and she was saying, uh, I really am struggling, but the best thing about you, Senator Klobuchar, is that it, you, you give me hope that we can all get along. By being, why can't we be nice? We're not nice anymore. You know why people aren't nice anymore? Because they're living check to check. I don't know. Because why can't we be nice? Why is everybody on the edge? It would be so much nicer if we could be nice. You know what? We would be nicer. All of us would be a lot nicer if we had your benefits like you. We had nice cushy jobs where we get up and spend our time licking each other's taints. And then go to the gym and make a, a live shot on MSNBC where we go, tell some story about some uh, fictional character you met at a Piggly Wiggly. Oh, my God. Am I wrong here? Or, or is this... Maybe I'm just... I've had it up to here. I've really had enough. No, I'm not wrong. Because look at the look at what they've done. Know them by their fruits, right? Know them by their fruits. Right. Six hundred dollars. Are we worth six hundred dollars according to Congress? As if that's some big freaking leap. Every penny of that extra unemployment benefit is going back into the economy desperately 
desperately needed. All you got to do is look around the world at other countries. They're not on bread lines. They don't got bread lines in New Zealand or England because people were paid to stay home. Here, they push you onto the unemployment rolls after they leave you out to dry and they cut off all the businesses at the knees. They don't do a goddamn thing to help anybody because the ultimate goal of the right is to make you nice and desperate. So instead, they push you onto the unemployment rolls and then they vilify you and they keep beating on you. And into this whole catastrophe where, you know, you're not, you're stressed out. You're on a, you got to get up at 4 a.m. to make it to the food line. And you, you lost your insurance because we're the only stupid ass country that has this for-profit health insurance racket attached to people's jobs, which is another disgusting thing that says you don't matter. You're nothing but a serf. You are to co- make profit for the 1% and otherwise you you're not worthy to be healed. You don't you're not worthy of if you if you get a sickness, go die. We should all be really disgusted by that. I mean, I know I am. The whole thing is sick. So why doesn't Amy Klobuchar, well, she's the one of those that says how, um, you know, unions negotiated these good plans and they don't want to lose those plans as if it's okay that some people have great health care and millions have nothing in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, that's why every 30 seconds... Another American is dying because when you get sick, um, who, some people can't go to the doctor and then they can't even take a day off. So they have to go to work and they're feeling sick. Whether you wear a mask or not, you know, I mean, they're out there. It's so disgusting. The the cluelessness and the indifference and the conspiracy really against everyone. The, uh, the conspiracy of the 1% against the rest of us, they own the media and, uh, and they own the conversation. So you're not going to hear this from, from that, from them. They're going to get Amy Klobuchar on uh, whenever they can. And they're going to spread this bullshit. Oh, isn't it wonderful? They're nice to each other. Well, we would all be a hell of a lot nicer if we weren't living check to check. And into this economic disparity, we didn't have to endure um, the racist ass Republicans tickling racist funny bones, spreading lies, and dividing and conquering the country. What does she, I mean, um, why doesn't she use her time to say that? Jesus. 
God help me. Anybody, can God help me? Is there a God? Can he help me? He? Of course it's a he, right? Oh, this world. Give me a break. Give me a break, world. Jim is the lone super chat. I don't know what to tell you. I hate that, Jim. You're it's uh you're doing the heavy lifting. What are you going to do? That t tells me we are where we are. It's very frustrating. I don't know. Maybe maybe the show sucks. I don't know. According to Republicans it does. But that only is a sign that it doesn't suck. You know what I mean? But maybe it does. That's what I was wondering today when I was watching. I was listening to last night's show, even though I hate to do that. Sometimes I do that to get a perspective. And I understand. I, um, I notice that I say, well, a lot of people do. You know a lot. I try not to do that. So let's see. Boom, boom, boom. But you have to do that. And then I was looking at my hair. Ugh. It's not good. I have body dysmorphic disorder. Which means when I look in the mirror, I want to smack my parents. I really do. It's like, what were you thinking? John Devlin and Gene Devlin. What was your, what, what was your damage? But anyway, all right. Um, let's get off of Amy Klobuchar. That's what she said. But I'm bump. Where's my friends? Ah, Richard W. That's very nice of you to do that. Where is everybody, by the way? Where's Shannon? Huh? Where's Ted? Huh? Where's, where's our people? People. Maybe they're just done with the show. They don't like the show anymore. They're sick of it. Oh, thank you, Haiku. You see, this is what happens. Now I'm guilting people into super chatting. It's, it's tough. Only because in my mind, I think, ugh. Well, of course, where else am I going to think? But in my mind, I think, I do think, is it, um, is it making a difference? That's what I think. Is it worth it? Is it, should I spend my time doing something else? Do you know what I mean? This crosses my mind. If we're losing patrons and, I mean, I understand it's the time of year, but we were going up, 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 and then we're whoop, whoop, beep going down so i wonder is this the feedback have we hit the the top is that it maybe the show sucks this is what i say to myself maybe i should spend my time doing something else because i believe i do this because i can for one thing right you do what you can do i don't i've never i don't have a problem with public speaking as you can tell and um, I also believe, it's not just a belief, it's the truth. <laughs> I believe it because it's true, that 
would without a, a liberal media, we don't have a hope. So be the change you want to see. I got tired of screaming at the at the TV. And it's also why I started Republican RepublicanDirtyTricks.com because I was tired of uh, Republicans. So I, let's, let me make this website. And then the website got, we have the, um, the Facebook page for the website, which gets a lot more visitors, really, than the actual website. But, you know... I don't know. We have a hundred and we have over a hundred and fifty thousand likes on uh, on Facebook. I don't know. I, I took from two thousand and nine, but it doesn't mean that when the show goes out over Facebook, that doesn't mean one hundred and fifty thousand people are seeing this. This is how that Facebook works. In order, they they only put it out for a few people, and in order to get it to go to more people then you have to boost it with money. That's how they get you. Everything is money. So it's, uh, it's tough. That's why we're in this boat. We don't have billionaire benefactors like the right-wingers do, and they do. I don't just say that. Look it up for yourself. Who runs Breitbart? Who, gives, who gave Breitbart Andrew Breitbart, millions of dollars. The Mercer family. That's not me talking. It's what they do. Because the right-wingers, and this is what's the cause of my eternal frustration, they understand that they have to own the message. Otherwise, they're, sh- they're done because they don't have anything in reality. And I guess maybe Democrats were stuck in that... I can't, I wish I could, I got to look up who it was who said that stupid thing that we will beat them on the substance. But that's what they think. We'll beat them on the substance. No, you won't. Because you can make policy as substantial as you can. You can be um, benevolent. You could throw as many bones to the people as you can. And... The Republicans are still, they're, they're, they will claim credit. It all, it all comes down to who owns the message. As you can see, look at the last four years. What has Twitter done besides make a bunch of corpses and a lot more people, well, rich, people at the top? He didn't make them rich. He made them richer. They were already rich. What has he done? He made corpses. He embarrassed us on an international stage. He did Putin's bidding. He's a traitor. He, he committed treason. He used taxpayer money to strong arm um, a, another a Democratic leader into announcing an investigation on a political rival. I, all of this. He unleashed his inept and disgraceful, disgusting, greed-centered crime family on, on the country. We don't even know. Uh, the tip of the iceberg is all... <laughs> the tip of the tip of the iceberg, that's all we know. The crimes are like the grains of sand. 
They're like sand in an hourglass. <laughs> These are the crimes of our lives. That's that's what we that we've endured. And did it matter uh, that Twitter in the middle of a pandemic allowed the pandemic to to not only take hold but spread from sea to shining sea while lying? to the American people, and going golfing after spending years vilifying Obama, but then proceeding to go golfing to spend more taxpayer money golfing in the first six months than Obama did his entire presidency. That's how much that scumbag went golfing. Did that matter? Did it matter? Did the hypocrisy matter? Did the substance matter, Dems? That's why you. We need to own the message. And the message is: this is about saving the country. Patri- progressivism is patriotism, and it is about saving this country. Or, well, well let's define save. Do you, do we want, what kind of country do we want? Do we want a country that is a functioning democratic republic? Or do we want an oligarchy where the rich run and own everything and everybody else struggles on the other side of Reaganomics, on the wrong side of the tracks, so to speak? That's what we have now. It's easy to explain that to people. And then, of course, they divide us along racial lines, which is another reason why we need policies that promote everybody in, everybody out. I mean, nobody, everybody in, everybody out. That's the Republican. Every, everyone in, nobody out. Leaving no one behind. E pluribus unum is an action plan. What is hard about that? We're Democrats. We don't leave anybody behind. We're, it's not about progressivism. It's about patriotism. Uh, you could say these things again and again and again. This isn't progressivism. This is patriotism. We're living in a country where the, where the majority of Americans are living check to check. Boom, that's it. This isn't about an ideology. This isn't about progressivism. It's about patriotism. That's all you got to say. And you've won the argument. It's easy for people to understand. And then you explain it more. You educate them more. This is the history of Western civilization. Is It's a, the rich against the rest of us. Well, you're being, it's envy. You're envious. No, I'm... Uh, trying to fulfill the, the promises... Not me alone. I, I just want to die in a country that isn't full of shit. That is actually functioning, a functioning democratic republic. It could happen, but no, no. Not with the Amy Klobuchar's of the world, and not with the way the system's been rigged. Of course, you know, when. Bill Clinton said the, the age of big government. So big government 
this is what we have to explain to people, I guess. What do you, when you're talking about government, when you say you hate government, what you really mean is that you hate democracy. That's what you're saying. Because the founders didn't fight a revolution to create an anarchy. They fought a revolution to create a government of by and for the people. And that means the general welfare, which they mentioned numerous times in the Constitution. It wasn't, they didn't mention the welfare of the 1%. Promote the general welfare, and they capitalized it for a reason. Because that's what it's about. And yes, they were hypocrites, racist, misogynist, yes. But we're bringing the patriotic vision of our founding promises over over the finish line. That's what we're trying to do. <sighs> it's not good to sigh. Thank you, Richard, for your super chat. Another great show, Tara. That's very kind of you. Hopefully it'll sink in one day, maybe. We'll see. Haiku, thank you for your very generous super chat. I can't do it without you. Oh, my God. So you're speaking about, God, I can't stand these goddamn Republicans. Okay, let's get rid of Amy Klobuchar. Enough of that, I suppose. We'll get back to her another day. Trust me. For sure. But, um, you know what really is getting on my nerves? Now, part of what the the Republicans, you know, they're getting together with the Democrats to uh, pass, supposedly to pass COVID relief bill. But, of course, Mitch McConnell is getting everything he wants, pretty much. He's, his sticking point is this corporate, um, what do you call it? This corporate immunity from liability. Because corporations are allowed, to, well, according to Republicans, of course they are. They're allowed to kill you. They, they're allowed to put you in dangerous situations because you only go into dangerous situations when you're desperate. So... You need to make that less than $15 an hour, whatever, because you're hanging by a thread, or maybe you're, the thread is already broken, so you're desperate, and, um, but you, you gotta, you're nothing, you're nothing to your, uh, the, the big moneyed interests. Get in that corpse factory and slice up those animals, what, you're only, one rung higher on the ladder. They're not making anything safer for you there. That's why in these uh, factory farms, which is a disgusting phrase, how many uh, how many workers in factory farms died during this this crisis? And so uh, Twitler, who, who he desig he had he designated. Factory farms, as uh, which makes me sick just to say that term, uh, an essential business. But then all of the the corpses, people, well, the animal corpses that were being made in the factory farms were being shipped overseas. That's an uh, it, it, because it's not about 
essential here to feed the American people? Of course, that's what he said. Oh, we need food. We can't do without it. No, of course, you can't do it without food. There's other types of food you can eat. You don't have to eat a chicken corpse, but whatever. They wanted... It's about the making money. If you're safe or not, or if you have coronavirus and uh, whatever. There's another desperate tool right behind you. Unfortunately, you're alive. Oh, well. A human tool. That's all you are. Get in there. Cut those corpses up. And then if they could, I, I contend, you prove me wrong. If they could, they, they'd kick you in right behind them. you slice their throat, somebody would slice yours. And they chop you up and sell you. That's all you are. So during, uh, what, where is this? Hold on. My God, I can't stand it. Look at this. 60% of business closures due to the coronavirus are now permanent. Here we go. Get ready. The third Republican Great Depression. This is what they do. They leave us all the time with a heaping pile of shit. But to them, this is going along nicely. This is the plan, hun. It's coming together. How much more desperate can we make the American sheeple? I mean, they couldn't have even dreamed that they could be this successful at making the American people desperate. Could they have even dreamed back in the, during FDR's years that they could get corporate Dems to sell out the very base of their party? It's like, it's the gift that keeps on giving to the fascists. It's like what we talked about yesterday, Barack Obama saying it was more important to have a bipartisan cabinet than it was to have a Senate majority. So he picked somebody from a Republican state to serve in his cabinet, basically destroying the Democratic majority in the Senate. Makes no sense, but okay. As if there's not, there wasn't somebody else he could have picked. No, because we have to be bipartisan. Look at Amy Klobuchar. She's not stressed. She's got health care for life, a nice pension. Oh, God. She goes on, morning, Joe. They say, oh, Amy, you're such a charmer. You're a breath of fresh air. According to The Hill, McConnell is getting much of what he wants in this emerging relief bill. McConnell, of course, because that's what traders, they get everything they want, traders. They, they won't acknowledge a free and fair election. They won't acknowledge the new president. They won't acknowledge that their standard bearer is a con man and a traitor, because they're all traitors. So... 
Why not give uh, the traders everything they want while businesses are, are going out of the business permanently? Oh, I thought the small business was the backbone of America and all the American dream bullshit. Ridiculous. Don't worry, though. We have a very diverse cabinet coming in. We got traders. We got, well, we got uh, LGBT, uh, Native American. We got females. And we got some people with Y chromosomes, yes. But also, uh, uh, who else? Well, we got some traders, too. There'll be some traders. The G Let's see here. According to The Hill, Alexander Bolton and Scott Wong wrote, Senate Majority Leader Mitch McConnell is getting much of what he wants in an emerging coronavirus relief package after months of digging in his heels against a, dem a demand by Democratic leaders to pass a multi-trillion dollar package that would shore up the ailing finances of state and local governments. Hey, let them eat cake. Let them eat COVID. Let them eat aspirin if they get sick. Let them go to the church and beg. That's what it's there for. Not government. Government's not there to do anything, according to right-wingers. And what they're doing is recreating the system that the founders rebelled against. If you have a problem, you fall, you fall through the cracks, you fall on hard times, go to the church and beg for some charity. That's the way it was for thousands of years and that's the way it will be again government's not there to do that for you this is we the people and when they say we the people in order to form a more perfect union establish justice ensure domestic tranquility provide for the common defense promote the general welfare and assure the blessings of liberty for ourselves and our posterity i can't believe i did that by heart they're talking about um, the 1%. That's it. They've had, that's why they own the media. That's why everything started with the plan when they promote, when they went, when Roger Ailes went to, um, Nixon and what was it? Top of the list was GOP TV. Cause they knew they can't do it without it without turning the dum-dums into easily led sheeples, stupids, dummies, morons. Do away with civic education. Do away with free education. Free higher education. Who needs that? Reagan said, why would I want to send young people to school when they'll just pro protest my policies? That's what he said. They protest my policies because they have a clue. But he was another one. That's where we can all, but, you know, bipartisan. We can all bipartisan ourselves to death. What is bipartisan when the other partisan is a traitor? Really? That's what they did even in Nazi Germany, too. It's always making deals and compromises with traitors. And then you get to the inevitability that 
Either you fight them or you die. Isn't that what happens? It's like, are we ever going to finish Reconstruction? Let's see. The GOP leader isn't getting liability protection for businesses and other organizations, but McConnell himself last week proposed dropping that controversial item along with another large tranche of funding for state and local government. So he'll get rid of the corporate uh, immunity, but um, he'll, he'll slit the throat. He'll continue to kick down on us, on the working class, because that's what's going to happen. It's already happening. When they're talking about let them eat cake, the state and local governments, you know how it's sort of like when uh, Mitt, remember Mitt Romney wrote that article, let Detroit go bankrupt. This is what they do. This is their strategy. You don't let the 1% ever, ever, ever go bankrupt. You let the people go bankrupt. So um, he get, he's getting rid of his corporate liability protection, which doesn't matter in the long run. They have so corrupted the courts. So what? They have so created such hurdles to even sue corporations. Some of these corporations have you sign waivers that you got to go to arbitration. You can't even sue them. You sign away your right to sue. And then they've weakened class action abilities. So Mitch McConnell, he's like a Cheshire cat laughing. So he's corrupted the courts. Oh, don't worry. Please don't throw me in that briar patch. Please. Okay, I'll get rid of this liability protection, but you ensure that every state has to go bankrupt and thereby cause even further suffering. Can you can you believe this? Oh, he really wanted that liability protection. Now it seems sort of like Really? So liability protections for corporations and every state not having funding to pay workers. Because that's what it's about. Cops, you know, well, I thought blue lives mattered, but oh well. Cops, uh, everybody, sanitation, all of that, services. The people right now who are driving down my street, getting rid of the snow, the snow plow. The sanitation department. Oh, well, that filthy socialism is happening right outside my window. All of that gone. Who's going to pay? If corp- and then you get hospitals going bankrupt. Because we have this for-profit health care system that sucks. That is bullshit. Complete and utter bullshit. Why a hospital needs to worry about their bottom line profit is also a broken ass system that says you're nothing you're nothing but a but a host from which to suck profit you're not a human if you wanted to be human you should be you should have been born somewhere that recognizes your humanity not here you're nothing here 
We're nothing. We're workers. We're cogs. If you, you should have been able to pull yourself up by your bootstraps and marry a billionaire, marry a con man, or come up with some scam, you know, like Trump University or Trump Vitamins or Trump whatever. Some marketing deal. Oh, they, you couldn't put your name on the side of a building? You didn't have a rich daddy that you could make a, co- a fake corporation and then make fake invoices to siphon money from daddy's business tax-free and then use those fake inflated invoices to go to the, uh, to go to the government and say, look, we're going to have to raise rent on granny on her socialist security fixed income in her section eight housing, because look at all these expenses that we made up and inflated the scums. But don't worry, Amy Klobuchar is going to be nice and she'll tell you a story about her somebody uh, who was in a coal mine and went to the diner and they, uh, they were happy. Oh, God. And they were able to sit for every day for 15 years, whether they, one, one man, he worked in the diner and the other man worked in, uh, the other diner and they sat every morning and they argued looking at the paper saying, um, they were, one was a Democrat, one was a Republican and they, but yet every morning they met and they had a cup of coffee. Isn't that great? Oh my God. Okay. Sandra Jones is saying, why so much hate for Obama? So was Pelosi. The church doesn't give much. The rich church is the Catholic. Yes, I know. I can tell you stories. My grandmother, I told you this, guys. My grandmother's house burnt down. I wasn't alive then. My my, uh, father, it was the big, of course, one of the biggest um, life-changing events in the life of my father, of course, and his family. When a house burns down, it's a pretty traumatic event. And my my grandfather was a drunk, so he was smoking in bed. That's what happened. He and the other thing, they he didn't pay the insurance bill. They had house insurance. They had home insurance or whatever, and they he didn't pay the bill that month. Okay, there you go. And then the house burnt down. So my grandmother went to the church. They had eight kids. And my grandfather was, he was burned in the fire. Not, you know, not deadly burned, but he got hurt. He was in the hospital. And she went to the church, good Catholic. She had given to the church, active member, you know, big Irish Catholic, believing in the church, everybody in church, 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 church. And what they didn't do anything. They gave, I think they, my grandmother said they gave them $15. Okay, this was the 50s, so maybe it was like the equivalent of $50? I don't know. 
And they ended up living in uh, public housing. That's what happened. They moved into the projects in Jersey City because they had no home and they had no money. So government, government came to the rescue. Anyway, and that's why, that's the truth. And this is why we created the social safety net. Because people knew, you know, there's the reality, there's the fiction and then there's the reality. And why not hate, why do I hate Obama? I don't hate Obama and I don't hate the Democrats, but so maybe you should just listen, listen, keep coming back. Yes, I don't really, I'm not into the um, corporate Dems. This is real liberal talk. We're talking about how we fix this country. And that doesn't mean we we don't uh, tell the truth, especially about what's wrong on our side. We didn't get here purely because Republicans, yes, they suck. They're the worst. They're fascists. They have no interest in democracy. Democrats won't leave you starving in the streets, but they need they need to get back to being the Democratic Party of the people. And that's what we're suggesting they do. Oh, hi, Ray. Where are you, honey? I just heard you. Ray, Ray? <laughs> do you hear him? He, he's so cute. Ray, Ray. Come here, Ray. He walks around going... <laughs> Ray? All right. Hey. He only comes in when he wants to. Uh, well, com commie comrade on the chat says, I hate both and I'm not sure if I'll ever vote for them again. Well, I understand. I always, my whole philosophy is when you're in a hole, stop digging. And I, I know people who are, um, you know, liberals, and they have, they're done with um, the Democratic Party. I'm of the opinion that we have a better, we have a better chance, we have more of a chance pushing the Democratic Party to the left than we do starting a new party. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm also of the opinion the Republican Party is an irredeemable death cult. That needs to go the way of the Whigs. And they shouldn't be rehabilitated. And that's what the Democrats are doing. The corporate Dems. We have other Dems. There are Dems that are actual Dems. That are wor working for the, for the people. Like Bernie. Like AOC. I know there's some uh, criticism of AOC. Not something. I don't know. I haven't been following completely as but Obama uh, I remember the Obama years yes I respect Obama I voted for him twice and I certainly don't hate him but he's no FDR that was a big disappointment of my life you're not an FDR if you're your your whole thing is to give the Republicans their policies. I mean, whatever. I don't want to 
we we were talking about this yesterday. All right. Here's there's so many other things. What was I talking about here? I'm looking for this article that about corporate welfare. See, look, look at this picture. I'm sure you might have seen it. Not that picture. That's not it. Hold on. Hold on. Where am I? It's only me doing the show, so. Look at that picture. You see that picture? Is that a parking lot? Is that a used car dealership? No, it's a, it's a food bank line. Look at that. Lines for groceries, food aid, and unemployment assistance stretch for blocks as the coronavirus crisis forces America into quarantine queues. We're the only country that has this. Isn't that a disgrace? And it shouldn't be. They're, they're, uh, okay, what am I saying? This is unacceptable. Uh, yeah, to put it mildly, and it pisses me off that we got Democrats on our side of the aisle that are praising the the co-conspirators of the con man who spread the virus, who helped, who lied to, and helped spread the virus from sea to shining sea, while the the other Republicans were insider trading on the news. They weren't helping the American people or prepare, <clears throat> preparing us for what was coming. They were insider trading. And there's no reason to praise a party like that because that's an irredeemable death cult. And praising a party like that only keeps us stuck. It, give, it rehabs that irredeemable death cult because you might have a lot of people, like the, maybe some people on this line, that are so busy and so stressed out, and they're, they're unable to pay attention to what's really going on and in this country politically. That's another thing that we've, uh, they've, they've done to us. They've made us so frazzled and stretched thin that a lot of Americans don't have time to keep up. And maybe they feel like they're losing their sanity, so they, they, they're better off watching cat videos than listening to Tara Buster. So when our side of the aisle, the, normal, the people who are supposed to be the party of the people, do, do their best to reach across the aisle to the... F- freaks, the fascists, the con men and women, the traitors who put us in this position, who helped, you know, they primarily are, they're, uh, they're an irredeemable death cult, yes, but they couldn't have done it without their enablers. The thing that's so annoying about the Democrats is that they work they work harder at rehabilitating the republican party than the republicans do themselves the republicans they don't give a shit what people think of them 
Obviously, because you know why? They don't work for the people. They work for the rich, and the rich are pleased. They are well pleased. They don't work for these people on the bread lines. They activate those people on the bread lines. They turn them into useless idiots. Oh, yes, I know. It's useless idiots. I know it's useful, supposedly useful, but they're not useful. They're useless. They turn them against each other. They turn the American people against each other. The anger that they justifiably feel, they turn that anger at each other, especially along racial lines. They divide and conquer us. So they don't turn their anger where it belongs, at the people who put them in this position, at the rich who are laughing all the way to the bank. And then some. Sweating. It's so hot in this apartment. And of course, the AC is not working because I think the snow. It's like sweating. I'm sweating, Ray. Come here. Where are you? Ray, Ray. I hear you. I hear a, I hear a ray. I hear a ray. <sighs> so while that's happening, it's people, people as lines stretch across America. From the New York Times. Standing in line used to be an American pastime, whether it was lining up for a Broadway show, camping outside movie theaters before a Star Wars premiere, or shivering Outside big box stores on the first day of Black Friday, the coronavirus has changed all that. Now millions of people across the country are risking their health to wait in tense, sometimes desperate, new lines for basic needs as the economic toll of the virus grips the country. Not, not other countries. Show me a line like that in New Zealand. I'll wait. England. Canada. Anybody? I'll wait. Oh, you, you can't because they don't exist. In cars and on foot, they're snapping on masks and waiting for hours to stock up on groceries, file for unemployment assistance. Thank you, FDR, right? If we wouldn't even have that if it was for the right-wingers. Cast their ballots and pick up boxes of donated food the lines stretch for blocks and clog two-lane highways. In, Pens in western Pennsylvania, cars stacked up for miles. On Monday, hundreds of people waited to collect a week's worth of groceries from the Pittsburgh Community Food Bank. Outside, oh shit, so annoying. Outside Miami, some of the 16 million Americans who have lost their jobs over the past few weeks snaked around a library on Tuesday waiting to pick up a, pa a paper application for unemployment benefits. And in Milwaukee, Catherine Graham, who has a bad heart and asthma, slapped on a homemade face mask and left her apartment on Tuesday for the first time since March to spend two hours waiting in line to vote. This was before the election. 
it was people, 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 she said. I was afraid. Oh, God. One resident of Graham's senior apartment complex has already died of the virus. And Graham says she nearly turned back when she saw the line, but was determined to vote. Good. Let's hope she didn't vote for Twitler. But I don't know. I'm of the opinion that we don't get anywhere by putting our heads in the sand. There's plenty of blame to go around. And how do you move the uh, Democrats to the left if you don't hold their feet to the fire? And that's what we're doing. We have to get it to the point, get this country to the point, the people to the point where a Democrat will never have the nerve to get up in front of their constituents and say, um, Medicare for all who want it. What the hell is this? Hold on. I don't know if you heard that stupid ad started playing. Or they never, they won't um, have the nerve to get up in front of the American people and say, Oh, what the hell just happened? Not that. The TV just turned off. Oh, you know what? Ray, get out of there. You know why the TV turned off? It was Ray. He went behind the TV. You little crafty bastard. But, so we don't want, so here, 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 what am I saying? We have to get to the point where politicians don't have the nerve to propose a health policy that leaves, that leaves millions out. It's either everybody in or it's, it's, it's a no-go. Look, I'm sweating. Ray, get away from that. Ray, Ray. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Come on. Jesus Christ, yes. It's a Roku. That's what plays the... Well, you saw that before. Hold on, I'm sweating my ass off. Also, it's tough standing here, screaming. I'm trying not to scream. I'm trying not to curse. What is going on? Why is it taking so long? That's not normal. All right, I'll shut it off. Maybe that's a sign of the end of the show. Let me see. What's going on in the chat? All right. Let me see. Hold on. What what am I talking about? Yes. Here's a one last thing. While they come after the the working class, we need to bail out the working class. Otherwise, we're done. The country's done. So, and how, how do we do this? We, well, you don't even have to listen to the show. Take what we say here and tell everybody about it. Everybody in, nobody out. We leave no one behind. We're talking about, it's not about progressivism. It's about patriotism. And 
the country, we live in a country where 80% of the American people live check to check. I mean, these are easy, easy things to comprehend and to get people to grasp. We must make our choice, democracy or concentrated wealth. We can't have both. So we're talking about a patriotic imperative to tax the rich, to reinstate high marginal tax rates on the rich, reinstate the estate tax, of course, get money out of politics, and promote policies that leave no one behind. Patriots don't leave anybody behind. That's another, there's a rallying cry right there. Patriots don't leave people on the battlefield. You don't leave them on the battlefield of illness, of ignorance. You don't leave them behind. If anybody's on a bread line, where everybody is on that bread line. That's a sign of us, what kind of country we are. Oh, God. In September of 2018, Bernie Sanders and Ro Kahana wrote an article for Time magazine called It's Time to Get Billionaires Off Welfare. Now, they're the welfare queens of this country. When you, it's not trickling down, by the way. When you uh, um, give somebody, somebody on public assistance, as we said, every dollar of public assistance returns $1.60 in economic stimulus. So we cut people off at our peril. But the billionaires, they don't give a shit. They like it like that. They want you done, nice and desperate. But the real welfare queens are the Mercer family, the uh, Amazon, the, co- the corporations that they write us all to the bank, but they don't give us, give the workers, the American people, their our fair share of the profit our labor makes possible and our civilization makes possible. That's not, they're not billionaires because they work a billion times more. They're a billion times better than us. They're billionaires because the system is rigged. And that's not saying there can't be rich. Of course, there's always rich people. There are rich people in the great prosperity. But what kind of country do you want to live in? Do you want to live in a country, a rich, you want to be a rich person in a poor country? Then go to Russia. Go to Pakistan. That's your conservative dreamland. It is, except, you know, go there. Make it more Jesus-y. No taxes on the rich. Military does no, no can do no wrong and eats up the majority of the budget. There's no government schools. There's no social safety net. Uh, church and state are intertwined. That's your conservative dreamland. You want to know? I mean, you don't. You just have to look. Don't. Don't. You don't. Don't even have to. I don't know. Don't take my word for it. Just look at history. We've seen the move, the conservative movie before, and it was called the Dark Ages. So you want to have a country that is like that. That's what they're doing to us. Get as much education as you can afford. 
If you fall on hard times, go to the church. Exactly. That's what they're doing. Government has no role. The only role is to um, send send tr- you, the poor, to die at s- some corporate war of a du jour. And that's it. Enforce contracts. Force people to whatever, to do the bidding of the 1%. That's it. That's that that that's what Western civilization was like. You had to have a lord. You lost your lord for some reason. You had to go find another lord to serve. And maybe they will trickle some benefits on you. You get sick. You better you better be um you better hope you have a good lord, a nice lord who's kind. But man, you might have uh, Nero or something, or somebody that says, "Oh well, get in the fields. Do you know? Uh, pay you got to pay your rent. You're my serf. You got to work the farm. That's the agreement." So year after year, decade after decade, Republicans. It's hard for me to say Republicans. It is. Because I say Republicans so much now. Republicans in Washington have lectured the American people about the need for welfare reform. In the 80s, Ronald Reagan railed against a fictitious welfare queen driving a Cadillac. Just a few years ago, Republicans turned their attention to a young surfer who used the food stamp program to purchase a lobster. But if you listen to if you listen closely, remember that? Remember that whole thing on Fox News? They had they found one guy. So for all the millions of people who take uh, public assistance, you know, that's what they're saying. It's all a scam. Get that means it's all get rid of public assistance. The only assistance should go to the 1% because they deserve it. They're better than us. That's why they call them the betters. They're be- our betters. If you were a better, you'd be rich. You would have figured out some way to separate people from their money. Like how to, maybe you would have figured out how to make a corporation and inflate invoices and inflate fake invoices to siphon money from your daddy's business tax-free. You could have done that. Maybe if you were female, you could have pulled yourself up by your bootstrap and married um, a con man or a billionaire or like a Donnie Deutsch, you could have pulled yourself up by your bootstraps and inherited your daddy's advertising agency. Right? But no. Anyway. Um, But if you listen closely, you will never hear much talk from our Republican colleagues about some of the biggest welfare recipients in America. The billionaire owners of some of the most profitable corporations in the country. Here's just a few examples. Jeff Bezos, the founder of Amazon, is the wealthiest person on this effing rotten Sad, dying planet. Well, we're dying on the planet. The planet will be fine. Um, I was taking some editorial license there. Bernie Sanders and Rokahana didn't write that. They wrote, 
Amazon, he's the wealthiest person on earth. According to Bloomberg Billionaires Index, he's now worth $168 billion. In fact, since the beginning of the year, his wealth has increased about $277 million. But this is a two-year-old article, by the way. During the pandemic, his wealth, how much did his wealth increase? I think uh, before I say a number... I think it's he earned not earned he he his wealth got a, over I think a billion dollars more he got a, he got well I can't talk what am I what's wrong he didn't earn it let me see Jeff Bezos in a month or so Bezos billion dollar Richer? Yes, wait. Pandemic? Yes, the world's... Well, this is a whole article about everyone. The world's billionaires got $1.9 trillion richer during the, ni- during the 2020 pandemic. How disgusting is that? Ray, where are you, honey? I can hear you. But I can't see you. Okay. According to... Okay, he is now worth $168 billion. Okay, I read that. Meanwhile, Mr. Bezos continues to pay many thousands of his Amazon employees wages that are so low that they must rely on food stamps. Why is that even a thing? There's no reason for that. Take one of that one of the billions that government that the lords and barons and the dukes of government enabled, funneled into your pockets and s- spread it out amongst your employees. And then we would might have an economy that starts working for more people cuz they'll spend it in the economy. And then there's a supply and demand happening you know there's demand and then you make something it's not this other way around shit even when they come out with a chart republicans they love their charts pointing at fake charts reagan did it with the laffer curve remember that and uh, of course twitler does it he loves she came out with a chart about the election how it was stolen because they started counting votes election night my god But here, right here in a chart, and then he had a Sharpie. He loves, I mean, these, these sick, the liars, and their charts. Guess it b- brings it home. Look, they can't be lying. They have a chart. Okay, Mr. Bezos continues to pay many thousands of his, well, I read this, employees wages that are so low. They must rely on food stamps, Medicaid, and public housing to survive. In effect, the middle-class taxpayer of this country are subsidizing the low wages paid by the richest person on earth. That is nuts. Yeah. But Jeff Bezos and Amazon are not alone. The Walton family of Walmart and many other billionaire-owned large profitable co- profitable corporations also get richer because of taxpayer support for their low-paid employees. 
the Walton family of Walmart, the wealthiest family in the country with a net worth of $160 million. Oh, million, million. <laughs> That's just chump change. $160 billion. This one family has owned more wealth than the bottom 40% of Americans. Meanwhile, just like Amazon, Walmart pays its workers wages that are so inadequate, many of them are forced to depend on public assistance programs at a cost of some $6.2 billion a year to taxpayers in order to survive. The fast food industry is another major recipient of corporate welfare. While the co-owner of Burger King, George Paolo Lehman, or is that Jorge? I don't know how you pronounce it. Has a net worth of about $25 billion. Low wages at its fast food chain cost U.S. taxpayers an estimated $356 million a year. And it's not just Burger King. McDonald's workers are actually encouraged to sign up for government assistance, meaning that the company fully acknowledges that it pays its employees wages that are non-livable. In total, 52% of all fast food workers rely on public assistance programs to make ends meet. The wealthy owners of big airlines are also major welfare recipients. While American Airlines made nearly $2 billion in net profit last year, its CEO is on track to make $31 million in total compensation. Of course, this is before the pandemic, but don't worry, they'll be bailed out. As for 60% of businesses that are closed that are now going to be permanently closed, they're not going to be so lucky. And all of the employees that work for them. <sighs> While the right-wingers cut every lifeline they can as fast as they can. The working families and middle class of this country should not have, have to subsidize the wealthiest people in the United States. That's absurd. That's what a rigged economy is all about. The fact that a, that is wait the the fact is that if employers in this country simply paid workers a living wage taxpayers would save about 150 billion a year in federal federal assistance and millions of workers would be able to be to live in dignity and security well that makes an uppity working class and they can't have that that's why we're proposing legislation to demand that billionaires get off welfare. The bill gives large, profitable employers a choice. Pay workers a living wage or pay for the public assistance programs their low-wage employees are forced to depend on. Specifically, this legislation would establish a 100% tax on corporations with 500 or more employees equal to the amount of federal benefits received by their low-wage workers. For example, if a worker at Amazon receives $2,000 in food stamps, the employer would be taxed $2,000 to cover it. Let us be very clear. We believe that government has a moral responsibility to provide for the vulnerable, the children, elderly, the sick, and the disabled. 
but we don't believe that taxpayers should have to expend huge sums of money subsidizing profitable corporations owned by the wealthiest people on earth. At this time of massive income and wealth inequality and when millions of our fellow Americans are working at starvation wages, we must create an economy that works for all, not just the people at the top. How much longer are we going to take it? Can anybody answer that question? All right. Oh, that's why we do the show, okay? Really, without, I'm, I'm going to say it again. I am sorry. I apologize for repeating it. Without a liberal media, we don't stand a chance. And this is the liberal media. I know it's not looking good lately, but we do it anyway. We do it anyway. We get up anyway. We do a show anyway. Maybe somebody will hear. And maybe it will make a difference. I don't know. I'm still deciding. Anyway. All right. I'm in a bad mood now. Usually I'm in a better mood when I leave the show. But it is what it is. Guys, 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 we'll see what happens tomorrow. I'm I'm trying to do as many shows as possible, but whatever. Maybe it's not me. I don't know. I'm I'm having another existential crisis on the air. Maybe it's not making a difference. Maybe I should do something else with my time. We'll see. All right. Uh thanks for hanging out. It is true we are on the right side of history. Just trying to get the word out. Hopefully people will get it. We're on the right side of history. We're on the right side of humanity, decency, dignity, and democracy. And we will win if, uh, I don't know, if, 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 if. All right. Thank you for hanging out. My name is Tara Devlin. We will. We stick together. We win. And I will see you very soon.